Hey, companion members, are you ready for Richard Dean Anderson's biggest interview ever? The man behind MacGyver and Jack O'Neill is reuniting with SG-1 co-creator Brad Wright. Rick's last convention appearance was in 2019, so this is an incredible opportunity to hear these two Stargate veterans deep in discussion about a show and character that means the world to so many fans. You can see the video podcast live on Saturday, the 22nd of January on The Companion, and watch along with fellow Stargate fans before it's released to all members a day later. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, and welcome to Force Center Presents Databank Dive on the Companion. I'm Ken Napsok. And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and we are happy to do exactly what the title says. We're going to dive into some Star Wars databank, some wild and weird characters and ideas and things from Star Wars. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun just finding these random things that we as Star Wars fans celebrate, are drawn to. Maybe even occasionally you learn something new about them. Uh, and we start by usually going to the databank data on StarWars.com, then we'll go into Wikipedia. But today's going to be an adventure, Joseph, because we are going to be discussing... S foils. <laughs> yes, my favorite cool technology that sounds like something I would use to keep a burrito warm. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, S foils uh, are the, um, they're the, the, you know, let me just read the description here. But here's the big challenge. We start uh, today, Joseph. Uh, we always go to StarWars.com into their databank section. So I did that and nothing, <gasps> nothing. What? No official entry just for S-Foils. They are mentioned, of course, even more prominently in the B-Wing. They come up on the B-Wing search more than the X-Wings. Um, <laughs> no official entry. So we, before we even go any further to what S-Foils are, if in case people don't know, Joseph, what do you even think about that, that there's no official entry? There's there's such weird holes every once in a while in the databank. Um, there's been some other things like the tactical screens uh, mm. that that you see all over Star Wars, but in Echo Base on Hoth, for example, that there's no official entry that I can find for them. I almost feel like at this point it's an honor if something escapes that <laughs> slips through the holes <laughs> and doesn't yet have its own entry. It's great. Yeah, so we'll start the campaign. Hashtag official S foils entry. We'll send. <laughs> So that means it's very important by us going to uh, the fine folks over at Wikipedia. And Wikipedia says this, S-Foils, known as Strike Foils. Now, I will add, we are going into the canon tab. Mm. I'll check over some legends if we need to. But S-Foils, also known as Strike Foils, were movable wings attached to the X-Wing Starfighter, the ARC-170 Starfighter, and the Outland TIE Fighter, sometimes equipped with weaponry. The foils were locked in the closed position in normal flight, but when engaged in combat, the foils spread open into an attack position. Notable models to have S-foils were the T-65B X-Wing Starfighter, man manufactured by Incom Corporation, the T-70 and the T-85 X-Wing Starfighters, manufactured by Incom Freetech Corporation. Uh, the distinctive X shape and the S foils, uh, when the S foils were locked in attack position, gave the laser cannons mounted on each wing a wider field of fire. A lot yeah. of information, a lot of companies building things, Joseph. Uh, what's your <laughs> thoughts on just that description on strike foils? 
Yeah, I absolutely love the just the adventure thrill of the starships. And the uh, it's one of the things that, you know, as a kid or a kid at heart, when you walk out of a Star Wars movie, you can uh, get in your Toyota Yaris, whatever car you have. <laughs> that one came to mind for me for some reason uh, and pretend that you're in a starship. But then there's also this whole other side of Star Wars where if you are uh, somebody who enjoys the, the technical details, like you can get into like who manufactured it. Yes. <laughs> where, yes. what are all the parts? How does it all work? And for me, I, I love the S foils because they, they sit in this perfect spot between being like a technical part of the ship mm. and also just something kind of a uh, weird and romantic and thrilling. Absolutely. That's why I think I love them so much. And yes, the description here on Wikipedia to, leaves out uh, B-Wings specifically, which are I definitely have them. They're definitely the the whole blade wing thing. You got to put them in a, into attack position there. Um, I wanted to go to Legends because in Legends, uh, they also uh, say they're known as Strike Foils, Stability Foils, Stabilizer Foils, Star Foils, uh, and others. And we'll come back to that because there's a pin I want to put in that. Is it uh, okay? Well, maybe, maybe we'll come to this, and you can just tell me to put a pin in it. But is this is the legend story that everybody thought the S stood for something else? So is a compromise? They just say S foils to not start a fight. I think that's yes. It is the great compromise of the Star Wars galaxy. <laughs> Everyone got together. Let's just call them S foils. No strike foils. No. no. Every time we come home for Life Day, we have a the foil fight. Can we just yeah. call them S foils? That's why from here, here on. Uh, yeah, maybe Chancellor Valorum put that into uh, the law. <laughs> Love that there. So, Joseph, this is uh, this is maybe an easy but also difficult task. How would you describe S-Foils to someone not familiar with Star Wars? And you could even go to the emotional side of things. I think it would be like a game of charades. Like, <laughs> yes. uh, first, whenever I imagine describing something in Star Wars, it uh, begins with, I would like to share something. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> And if they said, no, I don't care what an S-foil is, I'd say, that's great. Let's move on to another topic. But if they're like, yes, I think I couldn't help myself but try to physically act it out in, in, in totally X-wing. I think I would like wow. rotate my arms to one side, put my hands together flat and be like, okay, so like the ships can fly fast when the wings are like this, right? But then when it's time to attack, you hit a button and they go chunk and they pop out. And now these S-foils are in attack position. And then I would rotate and go, and it happens the same on the other side as well. <laughs> in, fact, in fact, could you join me and, and, and let's, I'll do one side, you do the other side. <laughs> yeah, it's like a form of exercise. I'm sure there are a lot of yoga videos about putting your S-foils into attack position. I absolutely agree with that. And uh, that is certainly the quote attached to this here. Lock S-foils into attack position. Uh, that's part of the appeal, I think. Yeah, and you're describing it perfectly. The X-wing is the best one. I mean, and as a, and as a kid, so... I'll start here. Just what did you think of S-Foils growing up? Because they're big in my life. I'll explain that. But what did you feel about S-Foils as a youngster experiencing Star Wars? I thought they were just incredibly cool. Like, I'm sure it's one of the details that, you know, I, I had seen the films, but then they, you know, because I didn't have them on the old VHS tape for a long time, they lived in uh, storybooks and uh, trading cards and my imagination and stickers. Uh, and I love, love the X-Wing. And I think uh, I like that idea. I like that visual. I think it's that spirit of like, we're going to do this. It's time. Let's go. Put them in there. Uh, so I think I had that relationship with it. And then the relationship evolved once it got into toys and video games. And I had a real personal relationship. There is just something, you know, the, the visual storytelling style of Lucas. 
uh, and everyone uh, making the original Star Wars uh, film, the first one, 77, and, and being in that you know, little warehouse in Van Nuys and them coming up with all these kind of designs, this is perhaps one of the more perfect designs for me of, of you got my I love my Y-Wings and longtime listeners for center, of course, know that. But I love the X-Wings and, and what you, you touched upon it there, Joseph, of like we, we, this is us against our potential end. This is us against the Empire, the dreaded Death Star. We these little snub nosed fighters. We've established that it's it's not going to go well. It's a it's a wing and a prayer. And in come these X-Wings and then literally they, the wings open up and it's just such a visual statement of it's go time. We're doing this. And you thought we were this one thing. You you looked at us one way, but no, our wings open up and we're ready to attack. And then, of course, the ships are called the X-Wings. So these wings make them look like X's. I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course. So yeah. beautiful. It is so beautiful. And I think I never, as a youth, questioned them because that, that's what makes them X-Wings, right? But then to think about it as an adult of like, you got a plenty cool spaceship if the X-Wing is called something else and they have two wings. Yes. It's just one of those great moments of Star Wars where sometimes uh, the spice on the top becomes the whole dish of like, there's there's no reason that those couldn't have just been two wings and those would have been cool, right? Yeah. Uh, but the fact that there's four wings and it's an X-wing and they split just makes it so extra cool and fresh and new at the time. So this leads to my next uh, question to you. Looking at the Legends tab on Wikipedia, it says... All those things, strike foils, stability foils, stabilizer foils, star foils, and on occasion, X foils. <laughs> so I will confess now before gods and men and force center listeners here on The Companion that I, for much of my youth, probably until the late 80s, called them X foils. Did not hear the S. I just heard X because I saw X. And I went about five, six years calling them X foils. There is nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly, perfectly logical, right? They're called X-Wings because the wings come out into an X-shape. Why wouldn't X. they be called X-Foils, right? Yeah, they make an X. Come on. You got <laughs> X-Wings. I love the Y-Wings. I had the toy that looked like a Y. So why would you call them S? There's no S involved. It's an X. Yeah. Oh. Is, is Red Leader just gaslighting us? What's going on? What's going on? Um, I think it, when I was a teen and had the VHSs and then really started to watch them a lot, mm-hmm. um, I think that was one of those like, Life's weird, man, and sometimes things just don't make sense. I know that's true in my life. I know that's true in the real world, and sometimes it's true in Star Wars. He is saying S-foils, but why? <laughs> but why? Why indeed? I uh, definitely uh, you know, uh, adapted to it, changed, and kind of acted like I knew that all along, but I'm, I'm truly conf- confessing. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah, I've, I've always known that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I knew that. I knew that. I meant to. I meant to say. Uh, I meant to say X foils. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then it makes uh, makes sense. And I, you know, I didn't spend a ton of time in in, in EU content where I'm sure this was a little more detail. But uh, you know, Alexander Freed's uh, uh, um, uh, Alphabet Squadron books. Uh, at one point, he he says strike foils, and I just I just laughed, and I love that description. I, I, it makes sense to me. Strike foils is a great one, but I just laughed that up oh, there it is. Definitely an S. Definitely an S. And yeah, hey, look, S foils is fun because it's one of those details in a, a New Hope that makes it feel like this lived in universe that they have terms that we don't entirely know and maybe don't even make sense. But man, strike foils. Uh, if I was flying into battle, I'd be torn if somebody said S foils or strike foils. 
Yeah, I've been talking about the toys. You mentioned video games and the just the the the, the real visual statement that these S foils make. But I got to ask you, what did locking them S foils into attack position make you feel as a kid, as a young adult, or even now, whether playing with toys, uh, you know, friends in your backyard, <laughs> uh, maybe you a- acting out at a party, and more than anything, video games. Rogue Squadron, even the Squadron's the later the game that comes out now. What does it make you feel? I mean, as a kid, I pined for that X-wing toy, and then I, I finally got the slightly later version, uh, which was the uh, Battle Damaged. It was gray, and you could put stickers on it. Yeah. Um, and was really obsessed with the idea that it was a super special X-wing because it's one that Luke used to blow up the Death Star, and like everybody knew it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, making it fly and hitting that button and having it actually pop open, it was one of those like uh, those ways to interact with the toy that made you you know that you could do something actually straight up from the movie. Yes, and it it, it made me feel that like uh, it's the power of play, right? Of you get to decide when something happens. And so to have it be zipping around in my my bedroom and then in the moment in the story where it's right for me, bam, they open up. It, it was empowering. Yeah, I'm right there with you, especially on, on video games, e- even now. And like I said, I, I, I am so partial to the Y-Wings only because Y-Wings, Y-Wing fans like me were kind of jealous of X-Wings and X-Wing fans. Like the X-Wings are the quarterback of the team. They get all the attention. But it's also, it's like you look at it, and you're like, yeah, you press that button behind R2. Or actually, wasn't it R2 on some of them in the toys? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. And I didn't own one, Joseph. See, that's why. I don't know. I didn't know. My <laughs> friend Randall had one. So I had the Y-Wing. Randall would come over to my house with the X-Wing. And we'd play flying around my the backyards of my house attacking the Empire. But here's the thing. And, and looking back, this is uh, this is why you know, Y-Wing fans get a little jealous. Randall, just naturally with his X-Wing, took the lead on our plane. Oh, okay. What, does he thinks S stands for superior? Yeah, apparently. The superior foils? Yeah. And so here I was with my beautiful Y-Wing, which would, you press a button and the, and the turret uh, goes, shoots behind you. It's, that's cool. And you drop a bomb. Uh, it's great. Uh, but I had to play behind him. He had to lead. And then and then I would sit there all seven, eight years old, watching Randall press that button. And then the, the, the S-foils go into attack position. And that was just the cooler toy. And I just it just was a weird hierarchy uh, that was just built into the toys here. Uh, that makes a ton of sense to me when when you were, uh, uh, you know, first said S-foils and talking about, like, not all ships have them. That's kind of the first time my mind went to, like, is there a beat in that moment in A New Hope, which is so, uh, like, all right, we're going to do this, lock S-foils into attack position, and all the X-wings are like, hit the button. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we, we cut to a Y-wing pilot going, oh. Yeah, gold leader's like, all right, just every, every Y-wing, keep your, keep your spirits up. We, yep. we got our ion cannons. We got our torts. We're good. We're good. Lock your H foils, your heart foils into attack position. Uh, your heart foils. Yes. That's that's really funny. I, I have to say for me, like, you know, the toy was a big thing, but the big connection is the video games, in particular, uh, the Rogue Squadron mm. uh games for the for the GameCube. Um right. be, because of the things in Star Wars that I have interacted with the most. This is up there because I love those games and I played the hell out of them. And there was a mechanic in those games where with the S-foils closed, the X-Wing went faster. So I I have it like, like it's almost an instinct to the level of like actually driving a human car. I played that game so much of like that instinct to close them, zip in, and then time it exactly right to get close enough to your target to pop them open so you could fire. 
Mm. Like that's one of my main relationships with S foils is, is feeling like the sense memory of close them to zip, pop them open right at the last second to open fire. Close to zip, pop to fire. That's that's good <laughs> advice in life. Uh, it sounds really cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't own a game GameCube. Did play some other Star Wars games at the time, Shadows of the Empire. But I was more, you know, the snow speeders taking down the the walkers were the with the big one there. But it's been some of the later games, um, some of the Battlefront games where you can fly, and even uh, Star Wars Squadrons. Well, even though I didn't, I completed that story mode. Uh, it's a great game. I, I just, I'm not great at flying in Star Wars games, so it, it sometimes doesn't work for me. But it's, it's still fun, even now, my advancing years to press the button on my PS4 because I don't have a five yet, kids. And I press that four, and it, the S foils uh, lock in attack position, and I, I feel like a kid again. Right. And this yeah. time, no Randall in the lead. I'm in the lead now. <laughs> I'm in charge now, Randall. I'm in charge now. <laughs> I'm in charge now. What do you feel? We are really talking about the X-Wings. Oh, those cool X-Wings ahead of the class. But other ships have them. Uh, you know, they, we mentioned the Outland TIE Fighter has them. And one of my favorites, the ARC-170 Starfighter from the Clone Wars era, the prequel era. What do you feel, Joseph, about other ships, other, ships other than X-Wings having S-4s? I love it. The uh, B-Wing's a super a great uh, weirdo ship. Uh, absolutely mm-hmm. strange the way it's laid out, but I love that it has the, you got to lock those foils into fire. Uh, ARC-170 is one of my favorite designs from the prequel era. Might be up there in in favorite ships. Like X-Wing's always going to be the classic and ARC-170 is a little bit of like, hey, let's build to the X-Wing from this specific uh, perspective. But that uh, that great kind of uh, uh, almost like uh, beak <laughs> yeah, a, a dip that it has in the multi-wings. Oh, man, I, I absolutely love the ARC-170 having them. Uh, the Outland's an re- interesting new addition, and I, I, that would almost be a fun design perspective of if you're going to add new ships to Star Wars, you know, how many of them are going to have the foils so that more <laughs> more uh, uh, pilots can pump their fists when the commander announces uh, uh, unlocking them? They're always going to be an X-Wing thing because they're so tied to that first film, that moment. But I'd love to see more with them. Yeah, and for those, uh, it's good to note here, the Outland TIE Fighter is the one, uh, the best way to look at it is uh, uh, Moff Gideon at the uh, end of Mando season one. He lands with that ship. That's the one that's uh, out and about. It uh, uh, is uh, kind of one of the newer designs in Star Wars. There's, uh, I'm sure, been other appearances in it, uh, but that's uh, kind of where you might know it the most. And that is just, I, it, it, I guess you classify it as S-foils, but to me, I was just like, well, that's folding wings. That's folding wings, but it does kind of work. Uh, it makes it makes the Tie Fighter look like an X at one point. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm. I, I thought it was a kind of a weird landing maneuver, but yeah, I, I want to see how Moff Gideon chooses to lock them into uh, attack position. Yeah, and how, how menacing he can make that sound. So speaking of that, and I mentioned it, the quote, this is one of my favorite things about S foils, which again, now I know are S's, uh, not X's, uh, that thank you, uh, probably around one of the resource books about 89, or maybe a friend yelled at me on the playground. It's S foils. Um, <laughs> what does that repeated quote lock S foils into attack position? What does it mean to you? I think it, it is in the pantheon of special lines from the original trilogy. And I think, uh, I think this also happened uh, with the prequel trilogy uh, generation as well, where those films you see so often that even lines that by themselves are just like, it's a cool functional line in the film, but we know them and we repeat them. So they live in our hearts. And this is one of those live 
not super important. Yeah. <laughs> not, you know, holding up the thematic weight of the film, not the pivotal character moment. Mm. Uh, but one of those lines that lives in lots of fans' hearts. Mm. And I think it does because in the story, it's exactly what we've been talking about earlier of the, we are facing something huge, maybe impossible, but you know, we're going to steal our nerves and we're going to get ready, but we're doing this, lock them into attack position. Uh, and then it's one of those lines that can become that just kind of a great motivator for something <laughs> either <laughs> you're scared to do, excited to do, like uh, you're about to eat a real big meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lock S foils into attack position. It's just a great, funny star wars phrase for we're gonna do this yeah it truly is in uh so many of our hearts and, and for me in particular the reason i just i, I chose s foils and i love it is that that line lock s foils in tact position it's um it can be like a love uh in revenge of the sith when uh, when they when they say it there uh yeah. in the arc 170 like it's it's a fun callback it's it's not unlike i've got a bad feeling about this it's it, it's kind of grown in stature over the years um but for me even as, as a youngster i this is after I really, you know, taken the, the VHS deep dive into all the movies and we watched them as, as much as possible. I love the character of Wedge and him getting to say it in Return of the Jedi had super just big meaning for me. It was this idea of it was the thing that had been said before by someone else, the great Garvin Dave Drace. Wedge was part of that team and Wedge Wedge survived and he survived Hoth and here he was again about to have a big moment and he got promoted, man. Yeah, and the, the the tradition and it and it speaks to those Star Wars traditions, including I've got a bad feeling about this and any kind of those inside jokes that kind of show up again. They have great meaning to us as fans, and they continue to be really fun. And so to hear Wedge get to say that he's in charge now, and and and, <laughs> and, and, and he survived, and he's here for the fight. Rest in peace, guy from Dave Trace. I just have always loved that, and therefore this simple line. You're right; that could be used at a at a at a fast food restaurant. We're about to dive into fries and a burger. Uh, <laughs> It's an inside joke with friends in the Star Wars galaxy to say that, to say we are about to fight. I'm leading us in. I got your back. Let's do this. And, and, and it, meant, it meant a lot. And I love it. And I still love it. And I love when the line shows up. Yeah, I love you focusing on Wedge's promotion, uh, the, the other places this line has popped up. But yeah, uh, Wedge being like, we did something scary like this in the past. This one is for everything. We can do it. And obviously, in universe, it's a tactical decision of the leader of when when to deploy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I wonder, there's some fun imagining that, that it is, uh, it's a kind of an emotional or uh, even spiritual thing. Yeah, as well of like uh, this is this is what we uh, this is what we say before we begin. It's practical, but it's emotional. Yeah, it's 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 tradition. It's routine. It's all the things you need to win the day. That's right. Uh, we've kind of talked about the magic of it, but what are the magic of S foils and, and how do they fit into the Star Wars lore aesthetic for you? Yeah, I think for me, it's a little bit of that. Uh, what I was talking about earlier, there's so much stuff in Star Wars that feels like uh, um, it, it is kind of tip of the iceberg storytelling or design where it is, uh, you know that there's a whole history behind that. And, you know, you can probably look it up online now or find a research book. But as far as it's just one of those things, it just, it's the detail, right? Mm -hmm. Of uh, this is this magic, strange, weird galaxy where things kind of look like they do in real life and you can kind of relate to them, but they all have this kind of extra magic. s -Wells is one of those just really special parts of Star Wars that, uh, goes the extra mile yeah. to yeah. be extra cool. So I think it kind of fits into the, for me, the lore of Star Wars that way. It is the technical side of Star Wars, but it's almost more like just that sense of design and fun of like 
let's get weird. How can we how can we give something one more twist to make it be not like other things you've seen? Absolutely. Definitely, uh, uh, you know, helps with that, that uh, Star Wars aesthetic and, and, and the lore and the world building of just especially when the first time you hear it. And, and for a lot of us might have been Garvin, Dave, Drace and New Hope. Maybe uh, for you, it's the clones in, uh, in, in, in Revenge of Sith. Uh, it, you know, who knows? We love celebrating entry points here in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. But for it to be in New Hope, for, for me, to hear them say that and they the X-Wings lock an attack position and then they go attack. It just made, it's just, that's what you do. It's part of this world. It's weird, crazy. It's the galaxy far, far away. And you lock your S-foils into attack position because that's what happens. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful indeed. This little thing to make the spaceships cooler there. So uh, before we uh, get on out of here, we always like to kind of take something from uh, the screen, the page, the thing we're talking about and apply it to our, our real life and, and the connection. So Joseph, you and I have, uh, We've got a. We're at that age. We've we've probably owned a lot of cars <laughs> there. So, but if you could put S foils onto one vehicle in your life, past, present, maybe even future, which one would you add S foils to? Yeah, this is hard. Um, you and I have talked about this before, uh, but I think we're we're maybe uh, hitting some new listeners on our adventure here in the companion. So uh, worth saying, uh, we both had the the same model of first car, uh, which was a Ford Fairmont. Uh, very, I always describe mine as. It's like every car you ever saw crashed into on a cop show (laughs) in the 70s or 80s. It's just a big box of a car. So, Ken, my instinct is to say the Ford Fairmont because that that is my first car. It's a big old junker of a car. It felt like the Falcon. Uh, But that car was cool enough by itself. So I'm actually going to add the S-foils to possibly the least cool car I owned. And that was a blue Subaru station wagon uh, with a stick shift. Man, did have we not talked about that was my family's car in the mid-80s? <laughs> really? A blue, 86 blue Subaru, Subaru station wagon, stick shift, which also I think had four-wheel drive on it, which we, you know, drive in Orange County and then Pismo Beach. Not a lot of four-wheel drive in there unless we're on the dunes, which we didn't go. That's amazing. You and I have had similar vehicle experiences again. So many similar vehicle experiences. But uh, yeah, so it was like it, it, my my parents had had it. My cars died. I was, you know, long since not living with my parents. And my dad was just like, oh, well, I'll, I'll help you out. Um, th- this one's getting a little old for us and, and we need a new one. Uh, but uh, you need to learn how to drive stick shift. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a, a, a fun memory of him going like, uh, we're going to have to spend some time together. I know you're busy and you got your shows and everything, but you're going to have to come over and you're going to have to learn how to do this. And it was, um, at that point I'd been driving enough. So the adding the stick shift wasn't as difficult as when I had started trying to learn to drive. Mm. So like I mastered it, uh, in a day, which my dad didn't expect. And he told me years later that I was like, I was so proud of you cause you were good at a car thing, but I was so bummed out cause sorry, kid, I thought you were going to suck and you're going to have to come over like every week for months. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I kind of, I, it, it was such a like, yeah, it's, it's a big family car and that's not where I was at in my life at the time, but it felt cool because, you know, when you have to use a stick shift, you're driving more yeah and you're paying much more attention to everything you're doing and you feel more empowered. Like when I was a kid and popped open those S-foils because it feels like I need to be very strategic mm-hmm. about exactly when I make this choice. Am I on a hill? Yeah. <laughs> now, now I really got to drive. Um, so I think adding into that mix of like, okay, now is the perfect time to go into third gear and I hit another button to open up the S-foils <laughs> on the Subaru station wagon. I had to do that. Love that. That's a great answer. Amazing. For me, yeah, started my first car was that 1981 Ford Fairmont 
brown leather top, uh, the white <laughs> body there. It's it's it, 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 yeah, you're right. It's kind of the Y wing of first cars. I'm happy with that one there. Um, and then now, due to a car accident uh, about a year ago, where I lost a car, I ended up uh, purchasing uh, my friend's old car. He's like, yeah, I'm, you, I just got a new one. Once you take this one, it was a, it's a 20 year old Ford Mustang, mm. beat up. Uh, convertible, but that that stopped working long ago. And I think <laughs> I think that's the car that S foils belong on. But I got to tell you, it 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 would be too much. It'd be like there's the guy with the S foils on his Mustang. What? A <laughs> so I'm going to go back. It, 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 there was a period of time where I I I was transitioning into you know finally have a little bit of a you know a job that paid. I get my own car, but I, 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 I there was about a year. Uh, in the mid 2000s, uh, which is as a 15 year old car, I had a 1990 Chevy Lumina, which Ooh. was beautiful. It was a you know, underrated car. It was a little swoop kind of, you know, uh, angle to the design, giant trunk. You could, you could, you know, put, uh, you, know, you know, I was going to say bodies, but that's not, that's not the Star Wars spirit, but you could put a lot. <laughs> it's not a Star Wars toy. Um, and a very comfortable uh, interior. I mean, it was, it was already an outdated, uh, almost a dad family car, but it was cool. And I think that I think because people overlook that car in, in terms of designs, I think some S foils on it would have made people realize the sh- the 1990 Chevy Lumina was cooler than you think. Oh yeah, I I just pulled it up and it's a it's a sleek little car that looks like it's for racing toward the Death Star. Yeah, and it was a great car until uh, the steering column caught on fire while I was in traffic on Laurel Canyon coming home from work. But um, <laughs> I think you put some S foils on that, and I would drive with confidence. Uh, man, that that sounds like uh, like Han Solo driving an X-wing, and like uh, he tries to hit the S-foils, and they start on fire. Yeah, I've been blessed with many Millennium Falcon-like cars. Keep holding it. All right, that is a great story there. We uh, before we uh, get out, as we always do, we love to rate what we're talking about. Rate the wild and weird factor of uh, the topic, and and uh, we're gonna do that. We always uh, base it on one of the original Star Wars weirdos. Lobot. Oh, Lando's good buddy. So, Joseph, uh, out of 10 Lobot heads, one being the least, 10 being the most, what is the wild and weird factor for S-Foils? Mm, I'm, I'm only going to go up to six because I think for me, S-Foils, even though they're cool, almost the weirdest thing about them is how cool yes. <laughs> we find them. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> uh, they, are, they are weird because it is like, uh, what, okay, but couldn't you just build them that way? Why do you need, uh, okay, whatever. Um, and, and mm. you know, the design of them is weird, but I think there's something about them that they, they are cool. They almost seem practical. Star Wars is not always a practical galaxy and they always almost seem uh, practical. So I'm, I'm going to go only six. That's fair. That's actually, I was going to say even higher, uh, you know, they're so, they're so normal to me, but you know, I was going to go like one or two, but then I got to pull back and be like, yeah, if you're not super familiar with it, or even you're hearing us discuss it, you're like, Are, wait, they're talking about wings, wings that separate. So it's, it's kind of, it's definitely cool, but it's a little wild and a little weird. So I'll go five. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you right there in the middle. Five low bot heads. Yes. Ooh, I think five is a, a very good choice because we are so used to S foils, as you've said, that we have lost all perspective about whether it's weird or not. Yes. <laughs> like normally when you're doing a Star Wars podcast, sometimes like yeah, you want to talk to other Star Wars fans. This is maybe an episode where we need to talk to people who have never heard of Star Wars and go, is this weird? We've lost all touch. <laughs> We've lost all touch. So that's a good rating. Five Lobot heads, six Lobot heads for S foils. Fun discussion about X-Wings, B-Wings, S foils, and 
Ford Fairmont, Subarus, and Chevy Luminas. It was a car show here today. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to us here on The Companion. Uh, we hope you're enjoying your time on The Companion. And uh, if you're relatively new to us here in Force Center, we do this every week on our main feed. And you can find us at Force Center Pod. From there, you can find all the links you need for all the shows we do, the recaps, uh, Boba Fett, any of the news, all those kind of things as well. For me, you can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, cadnapsock.com. Yeah, and for me, you can find me on all the uh, social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm there, Instagram and Twitter, TikTok, and you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com. So that is it for this week. Thank you for taking that dive into the databank with us here on The Companion. See you next time, friends. <laughs> <laughs>